When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to our Golden Twenties podcast. You're joined by Tegan and Sadie, as per usual. Hi. And this week, we're going to maybe get in our feels a little bit and have a little life chat about something that I feel like I've been talking about a lot in my life with like my friends, with my therapist, and so hopefully... This is an episode that resonates with people in their 20s because it's resonating with me today and every day. And that is the idea of shame and sort of like being ashamed, keeping things hidden versus being loud and proud and celebrating your wins. I feel like I see so many like inspirational quotes that are like, I don't know, keep your work silent, like show up in six months and wow them. And then there's the other (laughs) side that's like, celebrate your wins, share what's going on, like buy yourself champagne just to celebrate that you're alive. And so it's kind of challenging to balance them both and to put yourself out there as well as just like, it's hard to exist as a woman. Because there's a lot of shame associated with that. So it's kind of a crazy complex topic, but we're going to dive into it, I think. Yeah, I love what you said. And I've seen so many of those quotes where it's like, I don't know. I feel like reading the quotes is one thing and then actually putting Mm -hmm. in the work and like implementing it is another. And I feel like all of our self-care episodes are really well received and like you know we're like the this is how to practice self-care in your routine but I think a big part of self-care and self-improvement which this podcast is all about is really dealing with mental health struggles and mental health Mm -hmm. um issues you know that we're all going through especially in our 20s and I feel like shame and the idea of shame and celebrating your wins and you know all of those things that we're going to discuss today 
are just a way to like deep dive into one mm-hmm. specific part of mental health. And I think dealing with these things is like the ultimate form of self-care, you know, like actually working on yourself, actually putting in the work, actually thinking about these things, reflecting, spending time talking about them with friends, family, therapists, like professional help, like whatever you need to work through these things, I think will be such a liberating but also like rewarding thing if you Mm -hmm. actually do put in the effort to do it. So it's also funny because I feel shame in itself is a shameful thing to talk about, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Like we're just expected, like those quotes say, to show up and wow them and, you Mm -hmm. know, don't show people behind the scenes like your Instagram feed is your highlight reel, all of these things. But it's like we're all dealing with stuff behind the scenes, internally, and shame is such an interesting thing to talk about because it is so internalized and not something we talk about because it's shameful to talk about. So I love the fact that we're, you know, using today's episode to kind of break down that like stigma or the barriers around it, or at least try Mm -hmm. to. And if you're just listening to this episode, like, I feel like Hopefully we can come up with a fun title for it so people (laughs) aren't, you know, scrolling by it because I do think it is a good one to listen to. And then, like you said, Tag, hopefully people can take things away, apply it to their own lives, or just maybe even start thinking about things in a different way. Mm -hmm. Well, and I do think in certain situations, shame can be good like it could be a useful tool for self-reflection in certain ways like I feel like we've all been that person who's put their foot in their mouth and said the wrong thing and then felt shame around it and it's like okay this is a learning situation or whatever it is but I think the shame we're sort of talking about is the like irrational almost shame shame that's Mm -hmm. coming maybe from outside of us but that's like dictating our thoughts. That's when I think things can be negative. Totally. Yeah. And I think just in last week's episode, maybe it was a few weeks ago at this point, I lose track of them (laughs) when we record and then when they actually go live. But we were talking about, you know, 10 years post high school. And then we were also talking about, you know, needing to refresh things a little bit for the fall season and trying Mm -hmm. to use a change of season to get motivated to, you know, just get back on top of our shit and like live in the present, you know, kind of those sorts of things. So for me, I feel like I've been really thinking a lot about shame and like about what's holding me back, I guess, more so. And part of that is, you know, thinking back to who I was 10 years ago when I was in college, like, and who I am now and how they're very different people. And there's a lot that goes into that. Obviously, I'm 10 years older. I have 10 years more life experience and I've seen more things and I, you know, I'm not in school anymore. I'm working full time. Like I'm more self-reliant. All these things obviously shape me into who I am now. But there's parts of myself where I'm like, man, I miss that girl. Like I miss how I had no shame before. And it's simple things that we talk about in the podcast where it's like anxiety, for instance. I used to Mm -hmm. be in college, drink three nights a week. I would like be blackout drunk because it was college first year. You know, I was living 
all the first year vibes. I would do the most ridiculous things. I would say the most ridiculous things. And people, like, I didn't care and people didn't care. And I was just like, whatever, this is who I am, you know? Mm -hmm. And then now thinking about it, I get drunk once a month, say. I do something and I can't stop thinking about it for weeks or months at a time. Or that's just one example. But I think there's so many things where when I think back to all these goals, you know, 17-year-old Sadie set in college – thinking about the goals I've set now, I'm like, I feel like there's so much more standing in my way to achieving the things I want to achieve. But when I really narrow down what it is that's standing in my way, it's myself. And that's so annoying. So I've been (laughs) really doing like the deep diving work to be like, okay, let's figure out what it is. And a lot of it is rooted in new insecurities that that have developed in the past 10 years. It's around anxiety that's developed over the past 10 years. And a lot of these things, when you peel it back even more, or when I peel it back even more, it's all rooted in some sort of shame. So I'm like going to try my best to be as vulnerable about things as I possibly can be to like give personal examples because I feel like, I don't know, just seeing kind of how someone else is going through it and processing it might spark ideas for how it could be something that's prevalent in your life as well without you even really noticing. I don't know. I don't know if any of that makes sense, but Mm -hmm. that's kind of why I'm excited for today's episode because it's been on my mind as well. That's the short of it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think shame, at least for me, takes a place in my life from a point of it's like the hidden motivator behind some of my behaviors. So I'm like a people pleaser and I'm a perfectionist and I can't say no. I like if I'm saying I'm getting something done on this date, like it is getting done. And while those parts of that it's like those are good qualities to have it means I'm reliable I'm hardworking, mm-hmm. but the motivation isn't to do a good job the motivation right. is like the fear of failure and the fear of shame and it holds me back in ways where I won't sort of like open up my life even in positive ways for fear mm-hmm. of shame or I'm working with the assumption that things will turn bad because then it's easier to inevitably think, well, this is just going to be embarrassing soon. And yeah, now realizing that that's me like counting myself out for a bunch of stuff. Like I never, ever talk about my podcast, which is like so mm-hmm. weird. And it's so weird that I am private about it while also publicly speaking my random little thoughts once a week (laughs) but it's like it took me a year to put in my instagram bio host of our golden 20s when it's like okay first off literally who cares how many people look at my Mm -hmm. instagram probably like two a year so relax (laughs) and like what's the big deal you like you host a podcast like I don't even yeah. understand. Why is that the embarrassing part, me talking about it? But for some reason, it's like if I'm telling people about it, I'm inviting people to maybe see me do something embarrassing. And then I'm inviting like mm-hmm. that shame on myself. So rather than be proud and talk about this podcast, I just do nothing, which yeah. is so stupid. And so like with the whole Spotify thing, that's what got me thinking about it, where I'm like, okay, clearly this isn't shameful. Like, 
clearly yeah. we're doing something right it's working and so why can't i just be proud that we're coming here week after week and doing this podcast and kicking butt and it's because yeah. it's like i'm trying to protect myself from feeling shame i think this episode is brought to you by snapple Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Yeah. No, I think that's so well said. So I feel like maybe, you know, we've talked so much about how we experience shame and things we've been thinking about lately, but I feel like if the word shame isn't resonating for you, I think a good way to define it is pretty much what Tegan said, where it's almost the opposite of feeling pride. So -hmm. for instance, if there's something you're proud of, like for me, I take pride at work. Like I think I'm really good at my job. People give me words of affirmation at work that tell me I'm good at my job. So I invest a lot of my time and effort and care a lot about my job because I know I'm good at it and I take pride in it. But I think something that's shameful, like you were saying, Teg, you're going to shy away from it because it's, you know, it's the opposite of that feeling of pride. And what that feeling can feel like is like, feeling embarrassed, feeling humiliated, feeling kind of like an extreme version of that would be kind of how I like define shame. Mm -hmm. And I was looking online and it was actually just so validating researching for this episode because I was like, there's got to be like studies and articles that can articulate what I'm feeling because just one day the word shame came to mind for me and I was like, this is like a deep, dark word, but Mm. I think this is what I'm feeling, you know? So I was doing some research and I found this article on choosingtherapy.com, which I was like, this sounds like the best website ever, knowing we're pro-therapy on our Golden 20s podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But they had defined shame of feelings of inadequacy created by internalized negative beliefs about oneself. So I think that's exactly like you were saying, Teg, where Mm -hmm. you're like, I'm hiding the podcast because, you know, I've internalized that people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the interesting part about shame is there's also a social component to it. And Mm -hmm. choosingtherapy.com was saying how it involves fear of being judged, criticized or rejected by others rather than just judging oneself. And the origins of shame can almost be tied back to past experiences of feeling judged, criticized, or rejected by someone else. So I feel like that's what makes the idea of shame so interesting is it's like Mm -hmm. a very internal thing like we were talking about, but often it comes from somewhere else and it comes from maybe a past trauma or a past experience of you maybe getting bullied for something, you know, that turns into something that is shameful for you or maybe somebody's made fun of us for the podcast before and then we take shame and we don't want to like celebrate those wins like I think mm-hmm. you can start to see how this can manifest in your life in different ways knowing now you know what are we talking about when we're talking about what it feels like to feel shame yeah 100 percent. the thing that sort of came to mind 
for me as like a younger person was, you know, Sadie and I were both Swifties. When we were in high school, Taylor was the queen. And then there was that moment where it was like, it's so lame to like Taylor Swift. All her songs were better exes. Like, it's embarrassing if you like Taylor Swift. And I feel like everyone around me, including myself, sort of succumbed to that and have now, mm-hmm. obviously, there's this sort of renaissance around it. But I was like, this is like the simplest pop example of shame. I like something yeah. I'm told by like the people around me that it's bad. I feel embarrassed. I feel shame about it. And I internalize it and it becomes a part of me. I don't like Taylor Swift. I don't think she's good. And then here I am, you know, 10 years later being like, no, I love Taylor Swift. It's great. And, you know, obviously this is simple. You can think of uh, if, say, you're a different culture and, you know, you're growing up in a school that's primarily white. I am sure you're dealing with more extreme circumstances. Same with if maybe your gender expression isn't the, I don't know, the mainstream ideology of what it should be. If you're a girl who's not good at makeup, there's shame around that. Mm -hmm. If you're a guy who's not good at sports, there's shame around that. And a lot of these aren't really valid. (laughs) Like it's one thing. Yeah. If you're into something bad and then you're shamed and you change your perspective, I suppose that that's positive. But a lot of it's just like these random societal things that aren't rooted in anything of value, but then they become internalized. Yeah. And that was another part of this article I was reading was shame can come from behaviors that go against mainstream morals, norms, and expectations. So it's exactly like you were saying, oh, you're a boy, you're expected to play sports. You're a girl, you're expected to be good at makeup, to wear makeup, to do makeup. And I think when you're not, then that's when it internalizes into, you know, there's something wrong with me or you become self-critical of those things because everyone else around you is telling you this is what you need to do because X, Y, Z. So I think it's a really deep-rooted thing and it's like Mm -hmm. almost even if somebody's not telling you, hey, you're a girl, you need to wear makeup – you almost feel that pressure, like I'm just going with that example still, but you almost yeah. feel that pressure everywhere you look without it even being like specifically dictated to you, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I also think for me, like kind of going back to what you were saying, Tag, about like the growing up, I feel this yeah. is another thing where it kind of came up in my reflection because I think a big part of figuring out who you are, which is what our podcast is all about. What I think your whole 20s are all about is figuring out who you are and why you are the way that you are. I think a lot of it is going back to your childhood and Mm -hmm. figuring out, you know, how you were raised and how that impacts you or impacts the person you are, why you think the way you think, the values that you have. And then you get to decide if you actually agree with them or not to figure Mm -hmm. out who you want to become and the person you want to be. But I think another example of that is um, for me, I was thinking about money and wealth. And I have a whole episode on breaking down my living expenses. And I talk kind of about not – I use the word generational trauma, but I think that's like a very big, bold statement. (laughs) But like I grew up with not, you know, like that much money and 
one parent income for a family of five. And, you know, we, I didn't have fancy clothes and like things like that. I was also the youngest. So it was like, I wore hand-me-down things, but I think kind of a personal example is thinking about how in high school, especially, I feel that was like the first Hollister boom and Abercrombie boom. And I was like, okay, everyone around me is wearing these cool brands that they have to go to Toronto to buy, but I'm wearing American Eagle because that's less expensive and available in the mall closest to us, you know? But then Mm -hmm. this can kind of like manifest into shame. And now maybe it's why I like love to spend my money because I have money to spend, you know, I now value high, like highly expensive things because I can afford them now where I couldn't before. So I think you can start to see how this one thing that it was, it wasn't people being like bullying me necessarily for Mm -hmm. wearing American Eagle, like that didn't happen, but you can see how it internalized and then how I became self-critical of it. And then how I, kind of viewed that as a negative trait about myself or a flaw in myself compared to other people around me and then how it shaped like a total Mm -hmm. different like how it spiraled kind of out of control just by being in my brain kind of thing yeah yeah well and do you this is maybe a very personal question do you find that you place your own personal value in how much money you have like if you were to say lose your job or lose your money would you lose your like self-value yeah yeah I think it's a fair question and I feel like no now but I feel like I've spent a long time figuring that out you know yeah (laughs) like and I still am figuring it out where it's like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You know, like it's the mm-hmm. cliche of like, you can have so many things and still be unhappy or you can have all the latest beauty trends and you still don't have the latest one. Like, I don't know. I think kind of where I'm going with it is just like how a big topic or like faux pas to talk about is money, wealth, mm-hmm. things like that. And how that can be a big trigger of shame. And I think it applies to other big topics too, like Mm -hmm. sex, for instance. I think just sex in general is a thing that people feel a lot of shame in talking about. And it's like, it's a normal part of life. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't need to be a shameful thing. But I think going back to the example of how boys and girls feel shame around it differently, I feel like guys get shamed for not having a lot of sex and then girls will get shamed for having not enough or too much sex sorry it's like all of a sudden you're a slut you're whatever all these awful Mm -hmm. slurs even the whole idea of like coming home from spending the night at someone else's place calling that the walk of shame it's like yeah we're saying that this is such a shameful thing you know what I mean I think it's also tied to other things we've talked about on the podcast I know I've talked about anxiety also we've talked about you know, shame in aging, getting gray Mm -hmm. hair, wrinkles, investing in skincare to try to prevent that, or feeling shame in gaining weight, even though it's a normal part of life and growing up and lifestyle changes. Like, I think all of these big things that we talk about on the podcast can all be like causes of shame or can internalize as shame. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think even as you improve areas of your life, it's like there might always be parts of you that you feel ashamed of. Like this 
You yeah. know, there's that sex in the city quote, the, the you're always looking for a job, an apartment or a boyfriend. It's like you're ashamed because you don't have a boyfriend and then you get a boyfriend and then you're ashamed because your apartment's not cute enough and then you fix up your apartment and then you're ashamed because your job isn't as good as your friends. Like especially when you, when we're, I guess we're all in this culture of comparing ourselves to others too, it's so easy to, I think, slip back into the cycle of like comparison and shame mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, it can be extreme or simple, I guess. Yeah. I love that you brought up Sex in the City because I was thinking about, obviously I watch Sex in the City all the time, but I've been watching season three or four where Carrie has an affair with Big and the whole thing, she obviously feels a lot of shame around that, mm -hmm. but my favorite is how she confides in Samantha because she knows Samantha won't judge her. And yeah. also, I think about, you know, if you were to just ask somebody, like, who's your favorite character on Sex in the City? I feel like the majority of people would say Samantha because she has no shame. Like, yeah. she is aspirational in that way where she's just living her life, doing her thing. She doesn't mm -hmm. care what other people think. She doesn't let them get in the way of it. And therefore, she's the successful PR, you know, woman who's just killing it and living life by her terms. And I feel like that's the best part about Samantha and, like, the best way to also view the opposite of shame and how it can be so liberating and mm -hmm. I don't know it makes you appreciate her more and then it's like how can I be more like Samantha Jones <laughs> yeah that's kind of the motto I'm on right now is how can I unleash my inner Samantha Jones <laughs> yeah exactly even you know there's the whole episode where Carrie catches her blowing the delivery guy and yeah her reaction Carrie's reaction is like ew gross that's weird and but she's offended that Carrie would have that reaction because she's like what's the problem mm -hmm. there isn't one we're both yeah. consenting adults it's fine and Carrie's like what I'm just point and she's like no you're judging me by yeah you know pointing it out and it, it it's like so many little yeah. things that you think about your life where even like being guilty of pointing out things to other people where you're like, well, this is coming mm -hmm. from a place of like fun or I'm being helpful by pointing. And it's like, no, you're judging this person and you don't know what kind of internalized dialogue that that's going to create for them. So it's like, just live exactly. your life, do your best. It's all good. Uh, yeah. So we should all be yeah. like Samantha Jones. Yes. If there's one takeaway from this episode, yeah. it's that. And I feel like a, something I have also talked about on the podcast before, but another big area where I'm like trying to really peel this back is feeling shame. And again, the whole sex in the city, like made me, the discussion around sex in the city right now made me think of this too. But being a single woman in my late mm -hmm. 20s and never having a boyfriend before, like that's something I feel a lot of shame in. And it's just like over the past few years where this has become a thing, but it's almost right. now to a point where it's like standing in my way of actually going mm -hmm. on dates and like actually, you know, putting myself out there because it's something that I'm shying away from because I feel shame in it, you know? So yes. I don't know. It's more like just be Samantha Jones, own your singleness, put yourself out there, live your life anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's like, why do 
people care? Like why mm. – if somebody were to judge me for still being single in my late 20s, why do I care? You know? And yeah, then it's like yeah. – Why would they care? I don't know. Like what's that say why, about them, exactly. right? Yeah. Like I don't know. Yeah. It just internalizes – like you were saying, Tag, like somebody's one comment about it right. internalizes and then all of a sudden it's like now this huge flaw and I become extremely like hyper-focused and like self-critical of this one thing about mm-hmm. myself and then it stands in my way of changing anything about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very weird. Yeah. I know. It's the same if you're ashamed about your job. And then you're looking for jobs to apply for. And you're like, well, I couldn't do any of those because at my job, I just, you know, do this thing. And and so it's like you're not even applying. Like if you're ashamed of your job, go get a new job. But you're stopping yourself from doing it. Right. Or, I don't know, you're ashamed of how you look. You want to go to the gym, but you won't go because you're like, it's so embarrassing. I can't go to the gym because of the way that I look. But it's like Mm -hmm. you're just stepping in your own way. And so exactly. sometimes it's just like you need to acknowledge the shame and be like, okay, now I'm moving forward. Because obviously, like sometimes it's coming from a place like a lot of my like anxiety and my PTSD, I think, is related to shame in the way that it's my body trying to protect me from feeling that way again. And so it's like, that's valid. It's trying to keep me safe. It's maybe a little extreme. <laughs> we maybe need to pull yeah. it back a little bit. But it's like, okay, <laughs> I'm acknowledging, sure, I'll be on high alert for this situation. But it's fine. And I know what I need to work on to sort of build that inner confidence, I guess. And so yeah. that's the way I'm trying to sort of think about it now is using it as motivation to be better I guess like yeah I don't know I've told this story before but I worked with a girl who like just had her shit together she was just like beautiful she was bubbly the best always had like the best I don't know hair makeup outfits she had her shit together every single morning before work she would do a workout and I was like that is just like adulting she has got it all figured out. And then one day she said that when she was in grade seven or eight, a guy in her class had said that she had tree trunk legs. And so she was like, I have to work out every day. And all I do is work to try and get slimmer legs. And so it was like That's this so interesting, yeah, perception shift. And obviously she, you know, was trying to use it in a positive way to you know, be healthy, Mm -hmm. be active, but it's, I don't know. I feel like you can see a lot of successful people too, who I think have shame and use that as their motivation for some of their activities, if that makes sense. Like, it's not just the people who are like, I lost my job and then I had to move back into my parents and I'm ashamed. Like, I guarantee everyone's sort of dealing with different sort of levels of shame around lots of different parts of their lives yeah and something I've been thinking about is people who feel shame but continue to go on anyway Mm -hmm. like 
for instance, like this is so silly, but even actually maybe if we stick on the example of the podcast that you were giving at the beginning of this episode, yeah. like even when you think about influencer culture, you know, like I think people are embarrassed yeah. to put themselves out there, show up, kind of be like a fake it till you make it. Maybe you don't have a thousand followers even, but you're acting like you have millions of followers. You know, you're mm-hmm. showing people a day in your life. And maybe people are judging you, criticizing you, being like, nobody cares. Why are you showing us this? You only have 10 followers. But it's the people who keep going anyway that eventually reach their goal. Or for instance, like think of Beyonce, okay? Like this girl's (laughs) like, I'm going to show up and I'm going to channel my Virgo energy into being the absolute best I can be. And now she's freaking Beyonce. You know, like she didn't give up. She put in the work. She didn't stand in her (laughs) own way. She continued to show up. And I feel like for me, I feel like I'm so capable of greatness. And this is something Mm -hmm. I talk about. Maybe we haven't talked about in a while, but I'm like, I feel like I can do something really great in this lifetime. You know, like Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm smart. I feel like I can do something. And what's been bothering me so much is being like, I'm standing my own in my own way and like choosing not to chase after it or figure it out because of these insecurities and like things that are making me feel shame. Like I'm just allowing this inner narrative to be like, actually, no, don't Mm -hmm. even try, you know? (laughs) So like you said, Tag, it can come from a good thing, but, or it can come from a place of protecting you or maybe you can use it to motivate you. But I feel like I've been trying to make it motivate me and it's not working and I'm like yeah I need to maybe take the approach of the show must go on anyway yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know if I want to be great I need to keep showing up anyway and that's the only way I feel like I can work through the shame or like through these insecurities through my anxiety is by showing up and proving to myself it's actually not as bad as I thought it would be because Mm -hmm. I think this is actually something we haven't mentioned yet in this whole half hour of us rambling on about this. (laughs) But I think the other thing that's interesting about shame specifically is how it is tied to past experiences. But Mm -hmm. sometimes I feel shame in in imagining future scenarios, okay? Mm -hmm. Like if I do this, it might be embarrassing and therefore I'm just not going to do it in the first place. Like it hasn't even happened yet, but I'm just anticipating that it's going to be embarrassing or shameful or something like that. So it prevents me from doing it. So it's like it doesn't only live in the past and like in your mind now, but prevents you from taking that future action as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's maybe the big picture of shame that's rooted in the past. Like it's like, I don't want to post yeah. a TikTok. Where does it come from? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, the girls in grade seven made fun of me because they found my YouTube channel or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, I'm not going to post about it because my coworkers could see it and think it's funny. But there was this big like phenomenon going around TikTok a couple months ago around like cringe culture and how it's like you Mm -hmm. should embrace the cringe and like brands were starting to embrace it and it was like cringe is just a step on the way to success or it's only cringy until you're successful and then it works like Alex Earl yeah I'm sure like the random people who knew her were like, girl, that's cringe. Why are you posting your makeup? And now look, she's a little superstar and it applies to, I don't know, anything starting your own business. 
Like that yeah. can be cringe if you like have to reach out to all your friends. You're like, yeah, I'm starting this business. I'd love you to support. And it's like, oh my God, wow. Tegan thinks she's so smart. She's just going to start her own business until it's a success. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, yeah. yeah, of course I've supported her from the beginning. And even with dating, like first dates mm-hmm. are cringy until you're like, recounting your first date with your one true love and then it's like oh that's the cutest little story like my first date with my husband was cringe I fell we went to see a Seth Rogen movie like this is not the thing of dreams (laughs) but it's like now because it's a success it works yeah right so it's like yeah exactly it's like you just have to fight through the cringe and the shame acknowledge that it's there maybe acknowledge why it's there and move Mm -hmm. forward and obviously like I still do stuff all the time that's shameful like I consider our TikTok a success 99% of our TikToks still fail and that's embarrassing but causes us shame yeah (laughs) but then at the same time it's like no but I'm a TikToker so it's fine you know like it's just kind of the um internal shift I guess in dialogue that makes the difference there totally okay so talking about successes I feel like maybe we can dive into how we can combat combat shame self-criticism through celebrating our wins and acknowledging our accomplishments taking pride in them regardless of how big or small they are so totally agree I think a great place to start is like reflecting on if you're feeling shame where it comes from things like that but then I think a great next step can be combating it with this so I think something that is interesting and you also mentioned this right off the hop tag is how I think it is also like a women thing where it's like Mm -hmm. women are kind of meant to be small and not take up space and you know, not outshine. Don't talk about yourself. Men typically. Yeah. So this is a hard one, but I really think there's value in tuning your own horn once in a while. And this might be, you know, us sharing Spotify chose us as a podcast of the week and sharing that on our personal Instagram story, sharing it on the podcast feed, or it could be at work, you did something really cool and you share it with your boss. You're like, hey, can I present this in our next team meeting? Like, mm-hmm. I think you do a lot of cool stuff you don't give yourself credit for. So once in a while, try to give yourself credit for it and share it with other people as well. Yeah, I've been trying to force myself to do this because this is not... Yeah. It's uncomfortable. Like- yeah, my brain is wired. Maybe this is a woman thing or maybe this is a Tegan thing. I don't know. But my brain is wired to be like to assume that you doing things well, like that's just neutral because it's like, well, of course, okay. why would you do it if yeah, you weren't going to do it? Well, right? yeah. yeah. Whereas yeah. like failure, that's where it's like, oh, my God, here, like bring on the attention. And so trying yeah. to shift it can be hard and so I am trying to force myself this is going to be extra cringe inducing but I've been trying to post on LinkedIn because that is just like the home of self-praise right (laughs) so it's what's that word like exposure therapy where it's like if you're yeah you're afraid of germs it's like you touch your garbage can so I'm like I'm afraid of self-praise so I posted on LinkedIn 
because I know <laughs> everyone there is just doing the same thing. It's all fine. And yeah. it's been very interesting because it's like I'm then getting praise for myself praise. And yeah, it's it's been quite the journey <laughs> I've been going on. It's yet to make it into other parts of my life, but I'm working. You gotta on it. start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. I've actually seen some of your LinkedIn yes. posts and I'm like, yes, this oh girl, God. like you go. But I love that. I love that you identify a spot that's like low stakes, however, yeah, could exactly. have a huge reward because like you said, I guess, if you're yeah. looking for a new job, people are going to see all of this, how awesome you are on your LinkedIn yeah, all because it's stuff you posting. shared. <laughs> I wish that people could see how like, red my face is right now. <laughs> like I have tears in my eyes because I'm this is the most shameful thing in my life is that I post <laughs> on LinkedIn. Like, girl, relax. It's just so funny to me. And to be talking about my LinkedIn post in such a calculated fashion that I'm like, this is self-reflection work. Oh, my God. I'm just we cracking myself up it, over here. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's good. But I feel like that's such a good example of that. That's the best. Yeah. And maybe I need to take a page from your playbook because I'm I'm loving this and then like you said you get comfy with it here and then you can yeah. apply it to other areas of your life yeah well and I think maybe if LinkedIn is too extreme for people listening I think you could <laughs> just like say your wins to yourself in the mirror or you could write them down yeah in your journal like I yeah. have a gratitude journal but you could be like I follow some YouTubers who every single you know evening they write down three things they thought they did well that day and that yeah. could be a good start if you have a I therapist sometimes I bring my list of wins to my therapist because I'm like I don't mm-hmm. want to I know the people in my life care about this but I also feel feel weird being like let me tell you about all the great stuff happening in my life whereas you know yeah. your therapist one they're paid to be there so they're going to be stoked about it yeah. but it's also like they can help you celebrate it and so that's also totally. been something i've been trying to do as well as you know be more open with the actual people in my life which is obviously hard as well but you know it's nice too to celebrate with other people so yeah that totally. i think could be one of the great things about if you build up that confidence to share your wins with other people now granted I don't know I'm picturing people with you know family problems maybe there are people in your life who don't care and that's a reflection on them and maybe a clue that Mm -hmm. you know what's wrong in that relationship but most people if they are a good person will be excited to hear about their friends or loved ones wins so yeah Totally. And I think on the flip side of that, I love celebrating when my friends have done something. Like it's Mm -hmm. kind of like if I celebrate them, I know they're going to be there to celebrate me when my moment comes as well. So I feel like it is also a two-way street. And I think, you know, going on the job idea, like I said, toot your own horn toot your own horn at work but I'm also the first one to give out words of affirmation at work like if someone went above and beyond out of their way I'm gonna be like oh my god like you killed this or you crushed this you nailed it like great work great job I know this took extra time and effort thank you so much like I think 
you know, if you put that out there, you'll receive it as well. I think same thing with friends and family, like my friends, sometimes it'll be like we go for dinner and drinks and it's like, oh, what's new in your life? We're catching up. And they're like, oh yeah, then this happened and this happened. It's like, wait, that's amazing. You know, like, again, to your point, Tag, nobody wants to be like, listen to how awesome I am and like how great my week has been. Like, that's not really something we're conditioned to say. Mm -hmm. So I think being the friend on the other end, I love to be like, oh my God, that's amazing. Or like, do you know what you just said kind of thing? Like, that's Mm -hmm. great. That's something you've been working on for a long time. Like, let's celebrate it. Or if a friend got a promotion. It's like, you know what? I'll buy your drink tonight. Like, you know, little things like that I think can go a long way. And then again, when it's your turn to share something, your friends are just more likely to be the same way to you and like give you the same celebration and recognition you give them. Yeah. 100%. I think on the flip side of that, it's like be mindful of the criticism that you're throwing out there or the judgment yeah, because you don't know how people are internalizing that. So mm-hmm. it's like, I've had people critique my job because it's not as seen and it's not maybe perceived as important as other jobs. I work in social media. I understand I'm not, you know, changing the world here, but then it's like yeah. sometimes that seed of thought I find in my brain where it's like, yeah, maybe you should just change careers because what's even the point of doing this? And I'm like, I've, this is coming from someone else and I know it is. And so it's like little yeah. things, even if you think you're being helpful, can just not be helpful sometimes. I'm thinking, you know, yeah. I know people who have criticized my relationship or it's like I couldn't be with a guy who would do that. And it's like... Mm-hmm. Well, we're all different. We've got to live our truths. Yeah. And so rule of thumb is like, if something can't be fixed in the moment, don't point it out. Like if someone has spinach in their teeth, you can be like, hey, you have something stuck in your teeth. That's helpful. If it's something like your acne is really bad. Have you tried this skincare product? Like that person knows their acne is bad. They're like you think you're the first person who's noticed this, it's fine. They're working on it. Don't worry about it. Like you, you don't need to point that out because then it's like that person, that's all they're thinking about. You know, someone who's like, yeah, you know, my hairdresser could get your highlights to look way more natural. Like it's coming from a place where you think you're being helpful, but it's so unhelpful. (laughs) Yeah. And it's coming from a place of criticism and judgment. And it's like, that's the last thing we need. You know, we're already hard enough on ourselves already. We don't need you reinforcing our insecurities. You know, the acne one hit me hard. Like, and I think Mm -hmm. this is interesting. Like, it does make you think about your friends and family and your relationships a little bit. Because for me, it's like, I can think of certain people who have made me feel certain ways before, you know? And then it's like, okay, interesting, you know? But then I think it's also important to remember, like you said as well, Teg, where it's like it is more a reflection on them than it Mm -hmm. is on you. However, the first thing we do is take what they say and internalize it, and then it spirals out of control. So I think being mindful of 
what you're saying is definitely a great place to start. And then it's like if we're all a little bit kinder to each other, you know, mm-hmm. eventually we'll be kinder to ourselves as well. <laughs> yeah. And just help change that narrative. Exactly. Like we're all on the same team. We're all just trying to survive. We're not competing exactly. with each other. It's all good. We can all just be kind, yeah. not be ashamed, be Samantha no. Jones. Be Samantha Jones. <laughs> I love it. We need shirts or That's... something that say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm down i'm like i'll mock up uh, some designs yeah. right now because that is just how badly i need this as a reminder all the time and yeah. i feel like we've always like when it comes to outfits we're like what would carrie do but now when yes. it comes to like full-on decisions marching ahead it's yes. what would samantha do <laughs> yes exactly. and that's the energy i need right now yeah 100 percent Awesome. All right, guys, we have rambled on enough about Samantha Jones and (laughs) feeling shame, no shame, the power of feeling no shame, and also the importance of celebrating your wins and using that to help change around your inner narrative if it is something that typically skews a little bit more negative. So we hope this was just interesting, maybe insightful, maybe comforting, maybe helpful, who knows. But in any case, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'll be back next Tuesday with a new episode. So make sure you are subscribed and following us so you don't miss it. And we're also on social media at our golden 20s. Uh, We're trying to be loud and proud with our uh, accomplishments over there. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. But go follow us and you won't. I guess it's a good place to keep up with us between episodes. You won't miss anything. Mm -hmm. And I think that's it. Actually, that's a lie. We also have a Patreon, which is the best way to support the podcast for as little as $2 a month. But that is it for real. We will see you next Tuesday. Bye.